All right, you may be seated. to uh, greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn me up a little. We're grateful to the Lord for us all being here today and for the Lord uh, getting us here safely. And uh, we look forward to sharing with you the things that God has laid on our hearts to share. And uh, so we thank God for that. All right now. If you have your Bibles, let's go to the third chapter of the book of John. Now that y'all done all got sweaty from the <laughs> praise and worship, I'll let you cool off a little bit. <laughs> the third chapter of the book of John. We're going to start reading at verse 1. My prayer is that uh, we'll all have ears to hear what God has to say today. All right, verse 1 says, There was a man of who? The Pharisees, named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by what? When did he come now? By night, and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Everybody see that? And that's something now. It's going to keep reading. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Does everybody see that now? Now isn't that something that God, that the Lord, that's what he answers with. All, all Nicodemus is saying is we know you're a man from God because nobody can do these miracles except God be with them. And then here come the Lord with except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So one of the things we want to point out to you this morning is this. Turn me down just a little bit. There's a difference between, between observing miracles and seeing them. The kingdom of God that Jesus Christ was talking about was the miracles. And so there's a difference between observing. You can know that a miracle has taken place. But then the question is, did you see it? You know, when uh, there was a great minister that was born in the 20th century, he was out baptizing on the Ohio River one day. And I want to say it was the 21st person that he was baptizing, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that a light came down. And, and, and uh, as he was baptizing, there's a photo of him out there in that river baptizing. And a light came down, and a voice from heaven said, as, as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Jesus Christ, 
you are sent to forerun his second coming. Now, there were hundreds of people. It's estimated it was about 500 people out there that day from different churches. He was baptizing because he had had a revival tent meeting uh, uh, in the weeks prior to that. And so these were some of the converts. And now the funny, a funny thing happened. Some people saw the light and began to worship. Some people didn't see it. They just heard the voice and began to worship. But some, a lot of people saw nothing at all. Some of the people saw it and heard it and took off running. <laughs> but some people were just observing like, what, what's going on? Didn't hear a voice, didn't see a light. All they saw was some people worshiping and some people running away. They said people running away were just screaming because they knew something supernatural was taking place. And you know, and that's the way it could be. You could be in the same location, the same proximity, and, and uh, you have eyes and you should be able to see, but you're not seeing. You have ears and should be able to hear, but not hearing. And you're wondering why so many people, why are people so carried away with God's word? Why are they so joyful? I don't understand that. But look at what the Lord said. In verse 3, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's the reason why some people are excited and some people aren't. That's the reason why some people are sold out and some people aren't, because they're not born again. It, it, it's almost like you, you're putting a dress on a boy and trying to make him live the life of a girl. He knows he's not a girl. So he, how is he going to get excited about it? That, this don't make any sense at all. And so oftentimes we use that, we use that, that um, example because oftentimes people want to dress like a Christian when they're not Christians. They don't understand what the hype is, and they're just trying as best as they can to fit in with what everybody else is doing instead of actually having, instead of having the experience. And this is what the Lord is telling Nicodemus. You need to have a born-again experience. You need to have a born-again experience. It ought to be something on the inside of you that know that you are different and that you're not striving and trying to be something. I'm not trying to be a human. So I'm not waking up every other day discouraged because sometimes I feel like a human and sometimes I don't. That's how I was born. Does everybody understand that? And, and that, don't, that don't change. As long as I'm in this world, that doesn't change. I'm going to always be human. So I, I'm not struggling with, you know, my identity. I, am I human or not? Can y'all see me? Do I look human today? I'm not struggling with that. Because I was born into humanity. And when you are born into the body of Christ, you're not struggling with who you are in Christ. Does everybody understand that? So how do I know I'm human? I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't walk around with a mirror all day looking to make sure I'm not growing donkey ears. I don't walk around with, I just assume <laughs> by faith that I look the way I looked the last time I looked in the mirror. Does everybody understand now? And so in other words, what am I saying? I, it's not something that I see at all times. I just accepted by faith. I was born a human, and this is just the way I am. 
This is just who I am. And that's the way it is when we are believers in Christ Jesus. When we have been born again by the Spirit of God, we just know who we are. And we ain't got to look in the mirror every day to try to figure out whether or not we're that. All right, let's go and keep reading now. Verse 4 says, Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of, the, of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That means that, that Spirit, he comes in and, and renews something that's on the inside of you. You become a new creature. Your, your, your mindset about things changed. All of a sudden, listen, when you are born again, it, it, God takes the veil off of your eyes and you see the world for what it really is. You, you see people are living in hell before they even get there. And you were as well. So you ain't trying to hold on to your old life because you know that's hell. You can see what condition you were in when you become born again. And you ain't struggling. That's how you know you're, you're born again. You're not struggling with your old identity and how much can I do that I used to do. You don't, you don't want any part of that. Does everybody understand now? I mean, you remember that movie Terminator, the first one. You remember when he first came to this earth? Was he fully dressed? No, he was naked. And that's how we are when we become born again. Lord, I used to dress myself, but now you dress me. I'm starting over all new. All, all of a sudden, you see why, why it's so terrible and from hell for people to wear provocative clothing. All of a sudden, you see the demonic pull that people have just walking around in the store and, and pulling people with their spirit of lust. You see that. And you're amazed at how you missed it before. <laughs> you're not in church getting mad at the preacher because he's telling you to take the junk off. If you have eyes to see, you would see that. You would see, you would understand exactly why we live a standard of holiness. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> so verse 6 says, that which is born of the flesh is what? Flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth. Everybody see that? And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master, in other words, a teacher of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen. And ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Everybody see that now? So look at, look at how Nicodemus started this conversation off. Lord, we, we know. 
we know that you're sent from God. We know that because of the miracles that you do, because no man can do these kind of miracles and God don't be with them. But you see what Jesus is doing? Then he said, well, blessed, you're blessed, Nicodemus, because you, you're acknowledging that God is with me. No, let's get to the root of the issue. Your unbelief. You're seeing the miracles and you still don't believe. He said, I- I'm telling you simple things. Now, isn't that something? That, that the Lord is telling him, I'm telling, you sim- I'm telling you earthly things and you're not believing. You, you, know, you, you know why he's not believing? Because he's trying to get an understanding first. Everybody see that now? Look at verse 12. Look at what that says. If I have told you earthly things and ye what? Believe not. How shall ye believe if I tell you of what? Notice he doesn't say understand not. He said you don't believe. You know, and and that's why our faith come in, brothers and sisters. Faith bypasses understanding and, and puts it in our heart to just believe it. When we don't have faith, we got to understand it to let it get into our hearts. But that's not how the kingdom of God works. Faith bypasses. The brain is what understands. Faith bypasses the brain and pushes it into your heart. But oftentimes people, they want to go the other route. Let me, let me understand it first and then I'll let it go down there. <laughs> Everybody see now. And so <laughs> Nicodemus had a, a believing problem. Now, one of the things I want you to notice here, you know, and I believe, I sincerely believe that everything is in the Bible for a reason. You believe it. Verse 2 says, the same came to Jesus. How? How did he come now? How did he come? And that's the name of this message, Undercover Believers. Undercover believers. He came to Jesus by night. Now we know the Lord slept at night. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? He, he taught his disciples work while it's day. That wasn't just a spiritual principle. Most of his ministry was occurring in the daytime. They didn't have street lights. Does everybody understand that? And nobody wanted to be burning candles unnecessarily. But here come Nicodemus with his candle. Lord, is that you? Okay, let me. Is is you here? Now, let's bring this to the natural side so we can point you in the right direction with this. Some of us in this very room in our former lives were living in adultery. Does everybody understand? How was that going? Was that out in front of everybody? No, that wasn't out in front of everybody. Most of the time it was at nighttime. It, you know, it's amazing to me. Sometimes I, 
For years and years, sometimes I see certain things that just spark my mind about it. Sometimes I, when, I, when I see cars parked close to each other in the parking lot at night, I know, yeah, y'all up to something. A female in one car, you ain't husband and wife. Y'all came to the store together in the same car, don't make any sense. And I'm able to spot that a lot of times, and I know that's not the case every time. But when I see two cars parked side by side, and, and both a male and female got their heads stuck out, and they way on the back side of the parking lot somewhere, I know y'all ain't come here for no biscuits. <laughs> Especially during lunch break. Oh, yeah, I know y'all need some prayer. Does everybody understand that? There's work that comes with adultery. A lot of lying, a lot of trying to keep the memo in your head about what lie you told last time so you could tell it the same way the next time. Does everybody understand? And I mean just some ignorant lying too. Ignorant lying. Oh, I'll see you, see you in a minute, sweetheart. I got to go to the store. What are you going for, some grits? And come back with the grits. I'll see you in a little bit, sweetheart. I got to go to the store. What are you going to say? Eggs? Does everybody understand? Yeah, my boy, he called me. He want to meet me. He want to see me. We ain't, <laughs> does everybody understand? All kind of craziness. Now let's think about the nature of an adulterous relationship. Somebody is in a committed relationship already. But whatever, whoever's committing adultery, there's something in that relationship that they don't like. And I've seen it where people, they, they talk to each other. All it takes is two people that's not happy where they are. <laughs> you, you get this now, this undercover believer. The undercover believer is not happy. <laughs> Do they understand now? Now, what is the nature? Think about what the nature of it is. We're not happy where we are completely. And we like the excitement of sneaking around. Now, here's the problem with adultery. One of the parties, their heart is going to get involved. They're going to be ready for a full-time commitment. They're going to get tired of all the sneaking around. A at some point, they're going to want to be owned. Does everybody understand that? Uh, especially when you're talking about one person is in a marriage and the other person is just single. Who who's going to get tired first? The one that's single. Heart's involved in it. You know, just constantly, why don't you go ahead and divorce her? Leave her. She ain't no good. I'm trying, but she crazy. I think she got some kind of hoodoo on me or something. I just pray that the Lord will break this. <laughs> Everybody see. And the other individual, what are they doing? They're going home, sleeping by themselves, and they're thinking about what you're doing with your spouse. They know you ain't with me tonight. And even if when we come together, you're going to still go home and be with your spouse. 
And I'm here all by myself, just waiting for the next code that you, on the bat signal. <laughs> Meet me in the corner parking lot at Walmart. <laughs> Everybody see now. So at some point, there becomes this stipulation. You got one month to file for divorce. Oh, it's over. Why? Because I'm tired of sneaking around. I, I love you. You claim I'm a better person than he or she is. You need to make up your mind who you want to be. Listen, and the way the Lord tells us in his word, he says, choose you this day. This day. You don't get a month with the Lord. This day. <laughs> no more this un undercover believing mess. No more meeting me out in the parking lot. In the dark. You are going to have to learn, listen, to confess me before men. No more sneaking around pretending Everybody understand that. And you know in this ministry, and according to God's word, we have a standard of holiness. We live what the Bible tells us to live. And we're not ashamed of the gospel. But if you're not committed to Jesus Christ, you, st you still married to the devil, but sneaking around with the Lord every Sunday, meeting him here in this place, you're going to be ashamed tomorrow when you go to work. Does everybody understand now? I, I can't tell you the number of people around the world who are used to living that life. Sunday, they're believers. Monday through Saturday, <laughs> they're make-believers. And you may say, well, uh, Brother Bolton, I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed of the Lord. I tell everybody I'm a Christian. I don't care what you say with your mouth. What is your life saying? The confession has less to do with what you're proclaiming from your mouth and what than what your, your life is saying to the world. When people ask you, sisters, why do you wear a dress all the time? What do you say? I just, I ain't got, I just, I ain't got around to buying some pants yet. I'm, 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 I ain't found nothing that I really like. Or you could take them to the word and say, the Bible says it is an abomination for a woman to wear what pertains to a man. And I know good and well I wouldn't want my husband wearing no skirt, so I'm going to stay in my skirt and dress, and I hope he stay in his pants. <laughs> Sister, why you don't wear makeup? Because what does the word makeup mean? A lie. It's something made up. I believe I look good the way God made me.
And every time I put that junk on my face, I'm telling God he did not do a good job. I'm trying to fashion myself after the ways of the world. Does anybody understand that? Then you may say, yeah, sister or brother, why you don't wear jewelry? <laughs> I don't need a ring to say that I'm married. My word is my bond. Does everybody understand that? That ring is around my heart. That covenant is in my heart, not on my finger. <laughs> Does everybody see? And, and we don't need no witchcraft. We don't need no tokens outwardly to say that we're taken. I'm going to act like I'm married. Does everybody see now? <laughs> and so this, this profession that we're talking about, it is with our lifestyle. It is with our lives. We confess the Lord Jesus Christ with our lives, and we're not ashamed Somebody somewhere need to hear exactly what has been said in this message so that they'll know I'm not crazy. I know I felt the Lord moving me in that direction. But then, you know, funny thing happened. We have some people say, yeah, I, I felt like the Lord was leading me there. And then next time you see them, they look like Mr. T. Does everybody understand that? All the jury in the world don't fix your heart. When Sisters, when you adorn yourselves with modesty, with pureness, with holiness, that, that covers all of the, the, the stuff on the outside. When you adorn yourselves, when your heart is pure, it's going to show up on your face. That's your makeup. The Spirit of God on you. Does everybody understand now? <laughs> Makeup is for people that want to hide the devil. Does everybody understand that? You see all these commercials with crow's feet, you know. I, I mean, you know what that is. The wrinkles right up in here and up in, you know, up in there, just all the wrinkles. If you would smile and have the joy of the Lord, your face wouldn't bend that way. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? You walking around frowned up all the time and trying to fix it with makeup. <laughs> Just have the joy of the Lord. That fixes all of that. The crow's feet, all of that. And all other nicknames y'all got for the foolishness. Crazy. It's got people that just that don't want to age gracefully. I tell you how you know if it's you, if you don't like telling people your age. You know, long life is a blessing from God. So why in the devil are you trying to hide it? What kind of devil do you have? Were you afraid to admit how long God have blessed you to be in this work earth? That's a devil. That's a, listen, a lying devil. 
Does everybody understand that? They don't just go on social media. They, they post everywhere all they've been. They're going to post everything but their age. <laughs> all the nasty potato salad, they done made all of that. Hide the potato salad, not your age. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? That's what ought to be blank, the spot where the potato salad go. <laughs> We're commanded not to follow the trends of this world. And the things that the world is ashamed of, believers ought to be shouting from the rooftop. So here come Nicodemus. <laughs> he come to Jesus by night. Does everybody understand that? By night. Lord, I, I'll come to you by night. Why? Because I don't want to be seen with you in the daytime. Does everybody see that now? Let's go prove it. Let's go now to the 12th chapter of the book of John. We're going to start reading at verse 35. Now, I, me personally, I sincerely believe that when we see something in the Bible, we ought to accept it. Everything that we've said so far, we can show you in God's word. We've preached on all of this before. We can show you in God's word, and yet you'll have people sitting in church, you'll have even people watching this ministry that will flat out reject what's just been said. Because they're unbelievers. Does everybody see that now? Notice what, what the Bible calls them, unbelievers. It don't say un understanders, misunderstanders, unbelievers. That, that's their problem. They live in the realm of understanding, the realm of the flesh. That's the understanding version of it. I have to understand it. Why? Why am I not supposed to do this? Why? Why are we not supposed to do that? Or why are we supposed to do this? You don't have to understand why. How many of you have ever seen hell? How many of you have ever seen heaven? So why live to go to, to avoid one and go to the other? You've never seen heaven or hell. So why, why live to, to avoid one and go to the other? Because you have enough sense just in case. Does everybody understand that? Wouldn't it be better to be safe? This Bible tells us not to adorn ourselves with costly array of pearls. You know, men aren't wearing pearls. Uh, well, they used to not wear them. <laughs> it tells you to put on those things that become godliness you're not supposed to be following the fashions of this world you're not supposed to be keeping up with all the latest trends that stuff is of the devil and so you have to get to the point where 
you don't mind standing out. What got you applause is when you were out in the world, all the, your mind's supposed to change about all of that. Shouldn't your mind change if it was the devil clapping for you? <laughs> Let's go ahead and read now. John chapter 12, verse 35 says, Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Everybody see that? Walk while ye have what? <laughs> Everybody see now. Lest darkness come upon you, for he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed and did do what? Hide himself from them. Everybody see that? Now that's the question we have to ask ourselves. Is the Lord hiding himself from us? Let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 37, but though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. Isn't that something? That the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? That word arm means strength or power. Verse 39, therefore they could not believe because that Isaiah said again, he, who is he? God hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. Now y'all pay attention. Verse 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. Everybody see that? Among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. And that's one of the most saddest scriptures you'll ever read. And you may say, where am I in that? When you among believers, you believe. In your heart, you act like it. But then you got a world to go live in. When you're out in the world, you're trying to fit in there too because you're afraid of being called holy. You're afraid of being ostracized. So now you don't confess him with your life and you don't, you don't act like you're really sold out to it because I'm afraid of what people are going to think. So here's your problem, verse 43. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. That's a dangerous place to be trying to fit in with God and the devil. Don't want to offend God, but don't want the devil saying nothing either. And you are right where the devil wants you. <laughs> Does everybody understand now? At some point, brothers and sisters, we can't be afraid of what the devil's got to say. What does it matter to you? What he got to say or what he thinks. All I got to know is you're an agent of the devil. And when I know that, I hope you're saying something. Contrary. Does everybody understand that? Don't you know our Lord Jesus Christ said, Woe, be, woe unto you when men speak well of you. He said, whoa. 
War is a warning to you. When men speak well of you, and some of us ain't got no more sense than to try to get people to speak well of us. You ought to be running away from that. Woe unto you when men speak well of you. And some of us, we, ain't, we haven't had a good day unless we've gotten a pat on the back about something. Why? For so did they the false prophets. Isn't that something now? Brothers and sisters, we have to get to the place where <laughs> we're going to live for God with our whole heart and not be ashamed. And listen, it ain't nothing to dread. Does everybody understand that? Because I'd rather live a life where the Lord hear me in my quiet time than in my open time, the devil coming and patting me on the back about everything. God speaking to me in that still small voice is a whole lot more important to me than the devil ringing it out loud and clear. Does everybody see now? We wanted to show you where Nicodemus fit in in this. He came to Jesus by night because he fit in in this bunch that's described here in the 12th chapter of the book of John. He was afraid of what people would say. The Pharisees had already put it out there. If, anybody, if any of y'all is seen trying to follow this man, you're going to get put out of the synagogue. And you know, and the world makes that same statement today. And it ain't just the world. Now, now there's a lot of churches. Make that same statement. Oh, so you, you done took this on? Oh, you, you can't be here. Everybody see that? They think it's a, isn't it a shame that the church folks today think it's strange that holiness is strange? When the real problem is they're convicted by their own conscience. They know something's off. And what makes it real sad is when folks that's living in holiness are afraid to live it. Just going along, not really convinced about it. Does everybody understand that? Ain't really, because I don't understand the why. Why? Why? At some point, you got to put down the why and pick up some faith. Because the Bible said so, that's why. That's what my, that's what old folks used to tell the young folks, if they ever had enough nerve to ask them why. Because I said so. Because I said so. That's all. Isn't that something now? I, I, me, I'm going to tell you about me. I don't believe in parents explaining everything to their children. You've been in this world five years. You don't even know what color that is. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? You can ask them what color. That's white. No, that's off-white. Now go do what I told you to do. <laughs> Not about to sit and explain nothing to you. I got 20 years on you. Does everybody understand? <laughs> the why is what got adults not doing with their children what they're supposed to do today. Don't understand why. They won't understand until the children get grown and they see the children walking down a path that they're not supposed to walk down. Then you'll understand the why. At some point, brothers and sisters, you got to put that down and pick up faith and just start believing your elders. Does everybody understand now? All right, now let's go <laughs> real quick. Let's go to the 
fifth chapter of the book of Matthew. So why did Nicodemus, what was one of the things that goes through the people, the minds of people like Nicodemus? Why would he go see Jesus by night? Why were there chief rulers who believed in Jesus Christ but was afraid to confess him in front of their peers? i tell you why. Because they did not want to be shunned. They did not want to be talked about. They did not want to be labeled a fanatic. Anybody that's following Jesus Christ, you, you're a fanatic. Isn't it something now? How the devil have turned the tables in the minds of people. When the Bible says that we are peculiar people. That means that when we're out in the world, we're supposed to stand out. And we ain't going out of our way to do it. We're just following the Bible. But if I'm sitting in church looking like I looked when I was out in the world, then I'm still in the world. I'm just visiting the church. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? But people ought to be able to look at you and tell there's something different about you. The spirit of this world knows when something don't belong to it. That's the way it ought to be. And so we have to be careful that we ain't trying to blend in because we don't want to ruffle any feathers and we don't want to be talked about. Listen, let's, let's, let's read this now. Is everybody there in the fifth chapter of the book of Matthew? We're going to start reading in verse 10. He said, blessed are they which are what? Blessed are they which are what now? Persecuted for what? righteousness sake now you know when when church folks a lot of church folks pick this up they think of persecution as anything I'm, I'm being persecuted so I know no you ain't you it ain't enough to be persecuted you got to be persecuted for what righteousness sake you live in a right life and people don't like it for righteousness sake do they understand that? You're being persecuted because of something you really did that was bad and wrong. You just need to take your lick and admit to it. This is for us who are living a holy life and we're being persecuted for it. He said, blessed are they. In other words, happy are they. Now the question is, are you happy about it? If you ain't happy about it, I can tell you up front, you ain't been persecuted for righteousness sake. The Bible says, Jesus said, blessed are they which are persecuted for what? Righteousness sake. For righteousness sake. I'm persecuted because I'm living a righteous life. Everybody see now. What did he say? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Everybody see that? Verse 11. Blessed are ye when men shall do what? Revile you. Everybody see that? 
and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you. Why? How? How? In other words, they're going to be lying on you. They ain't going to be telling the truth. He said, blessed are ye when men shall revile you, persecute you, and say, and shall say what kind of evil? All manner. Anything they can come up with. All manner. They may say, well, you were up in Chicago cheating. I ain't never been to Chicago. All manner. Just, uh, just stuff out the air. You can't tell the devil how to lie. Well, you could at least kept me, just had me cheating in the state of Tennessee. I ain't never been out this country. Why am I cheating in Dubai? The devil don't care. He knows some bitter people in Dubai. We're going to lie and say you were there. Does everybody understand that? You think the devil don't know he lying? <laughs> so what does he get off on? Is aggravating you. You ain't happy like this Bible telling you to be. Oh, you one of those Christians, you think you just supposed to ease on down the road into heaven. So I'm going to nag you and nag you with these lies because you don't believe what's written. Your Bible tells you to be happy when I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> Does everybody see now? Look at what he says. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and do what? And do what now? You know what that word persecute means? It means to bring you before a judgment place. They ain't just lying to themselves. They taking, they taking that out on the road. Does everybody understand that? And they whispering in the ears of people and they holding you in judgment. Yeah, girl, I knew it was something wrong with that church. I just never sat right with me. I know it didn't, devil. <laughs> Does everybody understand that now? But he tells us what? Now, this is instruction for us. He's not telling us how to maneuver the devil to, to get him to tell the truth about you. Because that's the life we live. Devil, you ain't going to have nothing to say about me. He sure ain't because you're trying to live for him and God. This is for folks that sold out, that don't care what the devil got to say. That's his job is to talk and tell lies. He's the father of lies. That's his job is to lie. You ain't got to get bitter because the, he's doing his job. Does everybody understand that? I ain't never understood anybody to get mad at the devil for being the devil. If God ain't changing them, then who are you? Does everybody understand now? So why get mad because the devil's doing what he does best? He's the father of lies. That's his job is to lie. <laughs> and listen, and it's our job to make sure that whatever he's saying stays a lie. Keep on lying, devil. That's how I know I'm living the truth. Does everybody understand now? Look at what verse 12 says. What does it say? It says what now? That word rejoice means what? To jump up and down repeatedly. That's the kind of joy we're supposed to have. 
When what? The devil is doing what he does best. But see, this is for those of us who have graduated to this place of not caring what the devil's got to say. If we're still sneaking up to Jesus like Nicodemus and at nighttime, we're not here yet. You can't rejoice when you're sneaking up to the Lord, meeting him in the parking lot. Does <laughs> everybody understand that? Do you know the Lord wants to own you? Wants you to acknowledge his ownership of you? He owns everybody. He wants you to acknowledge it, though. How would you feel? It, it, let's, just, let's just move the adulterous relationship out of the way. How would you feel if you were with somebody and they never wanted to be seen with you in public? No, I ain't got nobody. No, I ain't with nobody. I just don't like going out in the daytime. What would you do? Be at home in the mirror, putting on makeup. It's got to be something about me. Listen, the Lord don't have a complex. He know he look good. So if it's, if it's on anybody's part, it's on ours. Do we believe he look good? Or do we think, ah, oh, that's going too far. Makeup, that's going, that's going too far. It don't take all of that. You know how many people going to stand before him on judgment day? And going to say, Lord, I didn't think it took all of that. And he's going to say, what did my word say? Except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. Everybody see now. Look what it says, verse 12. Rejoice and be what? Does everybody see that? You know, this is, this is something that has to be done on purpose. You have to really understand the difference between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. You have to know when the kingdom of darkness is mentioned in your name amongst themselves, then they know where your name is written. That's what you rejoice for. You know I'm on the devil's radar. He don't like me. And for good reason. Because as long as I got breath in me, I'm planning on making a dent in his kingdom. We're going to try to get as many souls as we can. Does everybody understand that now? So this says, rejoice and be exceeding glad. For what? Great is your reward where? Where's your reward at? But see, when you have to have an understanding, so how does it benefit me now? Does everybody see? Look what that says. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. In other words, you ought to be grateful. Do you know the devil don't change every generation? He don't change identities? The devil don't die and a new devil is born for every generation? Do you know the same devil that persecuted and, and uh, Elijah is the same devil that persecutes you? The same devil. Why not rejoice to be in that same company of a great man of God? The same devil. He ain't switching up. He's not changing identity. It's the same devil. 
Same devil that came after our Lord Jesus Christ. He comes after you. That's good company to be in. And if you believe in the value of Jesus Christ, you'd rejoice because you'd know I'm going to spend an eternity with him if I'm in his company. So we have to move out of this place of being concerned and wanting to be liked. That's the reason why the devil was hitting you with the spirit of rejection when you were five. All it took was for somebody to make fun of you. And you still packing the mess around. I need for people to like me. What are you re- I need for the devil to like me. I can't stand him when he reject me. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? You better get over that foolishness. You better start paying attention to what God's got to say about you. Does everybody understand that now? And you know, this whole world system is built on the accolades of the devil. The Lord can give somebody a song and it could be anointed and it can change people's lives uh, but they don't feel like they've accomplished anything if it ain't playing on the radio. If it ain't won some Dove Award. (laughs) Does everybody understand now? this, This word says our reward is in heaven. Not on your bookshelf. At the house. It's in heaven. Does everybody understand that? But you know what it takes? Faith to believe that and faith to walk that kind of life out. We have to move out of what benefits me right now. Does everybody understand? My sincere prayer is that our minds will change and our hearts will shift towards the things of God. Let's go look at one more scripture. Let's go to the book of Colossians. It's the third chapter of the book of Colossians. We're going to start reading at verse 1. It says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Everybody see that? What does it tell me to do? Seek those things where? Set your affection on things where? On things where now? Above. Not on things on the earth. Everybody see that? Why? For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in who? Where's Christ at? Look at what that says now. Verse 2. Set your what? When you think about affection, what do you think about? Things of the heart. Things of the heart, things that are close to your heart. Do you know for you to rejoice when you've been persecuted, when you've been reviled, and people have lied on you, you can't have affection in this earth. You have to understand 
where, where, where that's coming from. You have to sincerely be connected to God to rejoice when flesh is being persecuted. And you know what else? You have to be out of your feelings. Does everybody understand that? You can't be one of these people that you just live how you feel from day to day. Just whatever I feel like today, that's what's going to happen today. Those type of people, they, they're not going to rejoice because it ain't going to feel good to flesh to be persecuted. So what actually does the rejoicing? The spirit man, that's where it starts at. Lord, I know I'm on the right track because the devil have sent all kind of imps against me. Here's what I want uh, when I stand before the Lord. I want to be able to tell the Lord, Lord, I survived all of the attacks. I didn't succumb to any of it. I survived it all. I didn't, Lord, I didn't get discouraged when people talk bad about me because I accepted your word that this comes with the territory that they called you the chief of devils. And I don't think I'm better than you, Lord. If they called you the chief, I, I'll take it. I'll take it. Because one thing I do know is my life is not what they say it is. They may call me the chief of devils or the servant of the devil, but what does my life say? I was once a servant of his. That's what I want to be able to tell the Lord. Lord, I did exactly what you said. I rejoiced. I was exceeding glad when they spoke against me. And I didn't go out looking for it. I wasn't going out there trying to cause something. I was just living the life you called me to live. And then here come the devil. But that's okay. I didn't get my feelings hurt, Lord. When the devil started talking junk. I didn't get mad one time because he was being the devil. Because I understand your sovereignty. I know that you sent him to test me. And I believe I passed the test. I don't want to stand the Lord downtrodden and Lord I barely made it. Thank you for pulling me out. Because you just I was just about to give up. <laughs> Does everybody understand? The Lord don't want tired soldiers. If all you got in you is one lap, you know what the Lord's going to do? Run two. You run two. You keep running till you get used to running. We ain't pulling you out because you tired. Does everybody understand that? Those that endure to the end shall be saved. We ain't supposed to be running saying, Lord, can you please move the finish line? Does everybody understand that? <laughs> I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, I've been preaching longer than some of you have been living, and the devil's always been the devil. He's always, always been the devil. And I'm telling you, it didn't matter what I was doing and how good God was doing it through me, it, somebody was going to find something wrong with it. Uh, when I was out in the world, people were saying, oh, you're a heathen. You're you need to get saved. 
Then I get saved and start preaching. You started preaching too soon. You need to go to Bible college. Does everybody understand? There's always something. The devil always got something to say about righteousness. You have to make up your mind to just want to please God. That's all. Does everybody understand now? All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for this word. Thank you for speaking to us plainly. And God, we ask that you will help us to believe what we've heard, Lord. Forgive us for the times that we may have gotten discouraged at what the devil was doing. When your word directs us on how we're supposed to respond. Help us, Lord, to respond in that manner. To rejoice when we're being persecuted when we're being lied on for righteousness sake. Lord, help us to not be night Christians. Help us, Lord, not to be ashamed of your word. Your word tells us, Lord, if we're ashamed to own you before men, you will be ashamed of us. So God, we ask, Lord, that you help us to do a heart check Reveal to us, Lord, how much we're committed and whether or not we're really committed, O oh Lord. And if we're not, God, we ask that you will accept us today. Forgive us, Lord, for meeting you in that parking lot, for keeping you on the back burner. For not sharing the testimonies, Lord, because we are afraid of what people may say. Forgive us, Lord, for being ashamed of what you've done for us and where you brought us from. Lord, we ask that you will give us a boldness to live this life according to your word so that we can be a light to others. Your word tells us, Lord, to let our light shine before men. Lord, we know we're not supposed to hide our candle. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we've done that. And Lord, we pray that from this day forward, you will accept us, Lord. That you will confess us before your father and before his angels. Do a work in our hearts, Lord so we can be in the place you've called us to today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters. We thank you all for coming today. We pray that something was said that will have blessed you and that will encourage you. All right, now, if that's all, we're going to be dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs>